up everybody it's time for episode 285 of the binge boys podcast i'm logan and i am joined as always by my compadre in this effort matt what's up matt logan i'm i'm just feel bad i'm depriving the world of another solo logan app you kind of crushed it though (laughs) no i didn't man dude you did it that thing that thing reminded me why uh co-hosts are great (laughs) (laughs) i we we know you honest yeah, I mean, hey, it was it was kind of cool getting back to do a solo one, but afterwards I was like, man, I feel like I rambled bad and oh, I, just, <laughs> I I it, initially I was even almost considering just not doing one, but then I was like, eh, I've done a solo one in a long time. We'll see how it works. Doesn't. So, next time you're not going to do one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know actually. I mean, yeah. I'll probably end up doing one, but I I didn't love it. It's uh, it's better to, sure. of course, have somebody to bounce things off of. Well, that's what I'm here uh, into, for. Into engage in discussion with. Yep. What, uh, what are we here to talk about, Logan? Matt, we're here to talk about a few things, man. We've got, uh, of course, the breaking news uh, that of uh, the Thor uh, Love and Thunder trailer. Uh, we're going to talk about our thoughts on that. We're going to talk about uh, the Return to Space documentary on Netflix we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, Fantastic Beasts 3, and we'll talk about, of course, episode three of Moon Knight, and uh, the headline I originally had for s- this Warner Brothers thing, and then I switched it and said, nah, that's not that crazy. Let's just talk about Thor as the headline, but you know what? I switched it back. We're going, and I'm going to just dive into this story, actually. Um, so if you've listened to this at, to, to us at this point... Uh, you know where to find us at uh, Binge Boys Pod on social medias. Uh, we talk about movies and the hottest and what's going on in the entertainment industry every week. And that's that's the programming notes, man. We don't we don't need to go into it. It's if, it, we, if you know, you know. You it, exactly at, at this point, you should know what's going on. I mean, judging from the title, you should be like, oh, these guys don't talk poli sci. They, these goes these guys don't talk about architecture no we talk about movies we're actually pivoting to crypto <laughs> we're becoming a, a crypto podcast here in the next couple <laughs> months it's a transition we didn't see coming no nope. until this but very moment nobody saw it coming but uh a th- I, I think somebody i don't think saw coming a couple years ago was uh I, I i originally got this wrong i think i maybe spoke on this a little bit last week when i was uh by myself but i said that warner brothers purchased discovery i got Mm -hmm. that very wrong discovery purchased warner brothers dang um which is just huge and so with that there's a lot of changes coming to the leadership and teams at warner brothers so for example i'm just going to dive into this article and it just says and we've heard this before matt so (laughs) Uh, so just brace yourself. Warner Brothers Discovery, which is the now the name of the uh, the new company, trash is exp- yeah is exploring <laughs> uh, an overhaul of DC Entertainment. So here we go. This is this is big. This, there's a lot of stuff in this article, and this comes to us from uh, Variety. So. Uh, The new owners of all things Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are exploring an overhaul of DC Entertainment. Uh, It's been less than a week since Discovery closed its $43 billion deal for Warner Media, which is absolutely huge. Uh, So now David Zaslav is the CEO of the combined companies and the top leadership already. Day one priorities were... Let's talk about the shithead, or not shithead, I'm sorry, (laughs) the shithole that is the interconnectedness, and I say that in quotation marks, of the DC universe. Um, But your boy Ezra Miller was in Peacemaker. Yeah, and he was in Fantastic (laughs) Beasts also. Uh, So it says that the move would potentially 
affect DC future film development because what they want to do, Matt, is see, see, this is what they did. So when Disney bought Marvel and Lucasfilms, they were like, hey, we're giving you your own office. We're giving you your own production, your own CEO, your own this, your this, that, the other. Uh, instead of it just being a Disney movie, they said Marvel Studios gets to continue acting as Marvel. Lucasfilms gets to continue with a little bit of influence from Disney. But for sure. the most part, the creatives got to be creative and the executives got to be executive. <laughs> now, I think the thing that DC has had a problem with the past few years and I think you can agree, and everyone can agree, is that you see a lot of people like James Gunn or Zack Snyder or these filmmakers get in and want to do really cool things, but the executives step in because they see these characters as corporate entities. And yeah. They want what's going to sell the most tickets versus what's going to do the most right by the characters. Sure. So... Uh, Zaslav has already said that he wants to put DC Entertainment in its own studio, just like Marvel Studios, and has it and have it operate with the leader of a Kevin Feige-like figure that is responsible for interweaving uh, the movies and uh, or not interweaving the movies. They, they haven't said specifically, but they just want a guy at DC entertainment that's not being headed up by warner brothers right that says okay we're gonna make these projects we're gonna do these projects we're not gonna do those projects um so before the merger ended they vetted a few candidates they've interviewed probably close to 70 people for this already uh so this must have been in development the past couple uh months but uh DC has had a couple of great hits for Warner Brothers, like the Batman, mm -hmm. like Aquaman made a ton of money for the company. Um, Peacemaker was very successful for HBO Max. Uh, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn, has been widely considered way better than the previous Suicide There's a lot of good things that DC has going, but then it's just interrupted by bad things. Joker, another highlight. I mean, it did really well I mean, it won an Academy Award for Best Actor. Yeah. Um, so there's there are gaps of iffy to bad projects filled in with a, a great movie there, a great show there, um, but there's no order. So essentially, D this new Discovery CEO wants to say, <laughs> fuck it, and, and absolutely destroy everything that yeah. DC has to offer. Now, what's that mean? Does that mean that they're going to get rid of Matt Reeves, the Batman after its success? I hope not. Hopefully not. Um, I, mean, I feel like that movie used that as like your Iron Man one. Like, I mean, you didn't really does like, I mean, Iron Man one had that at the time throwaway scene of Nick Fury coming in to say, want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Yeah. And the, they focus on making good movies first and connecting them second. And I feel like that's sort of been one of DC's big problems. In addition to like what you said about executives, um, you know, here in my, by my estimation, hearing a pitch for a movie and then say, you know, I like where you're going with that, but could you also just add in this thing that tested really well with, you know, audiences or whatever, or that, that people are buzzing about? Right. Um, so just having and also just having one person kind of at the center of it, because I feel like they tried to do that a few different times, whether like you said, whether it was Zack Snyder sort of previously or, or James Gunn. Now, I feel like they didn't sort of let anyone's soul vision go through. And I guess Kevin Feige was never even on the level of directing. He was just producing, but they need some kind of you know, someone at the wheel of the, of the universe, if that's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm afraid of is them trying to get this Kevin Feige like figure. And I mean, as of right now, I'm going to assume that 
there's not another Kevin Feige. I'm sure there's another person who has these abilities, but Kevin Feige has done something absolutely astronomical with the MCU. Um, yeah. Probably one of the most, I think, if not the most profitable entertainment franchise in history. Um, it, at least, least in the, movies, maybe. Star Wars might be, might, yeah, might have a true. case. Yeah, but, but either way, same thing with Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, she's been along for the ride at Lucic mm-hmm. Lucasfilms. I mean, John Favreau also. I think yep. John Favreau would be a good person, but he's got too many uh, boots in the ground over at Disney to. That's what I was gonna say. Do you do you see someone like uh, I don't know, <laughs> sort of a Game of Thrones move of switching someone his like uh, Feige's like number two or something, switching sides for just an absolute bag. I could definitely th- see them taking advantage of, J- of James Gunn. Yeah. I mean, he made Peacemaker, which proved to be pretty good. Um, Suicide Squad that a lot of people liked. Um, and I know, I'm pretty sure he's, I heard he's doing another TV show for DC. So I'm sure they're going to heavily, I mean, because the dude just knows how to make good movies for Marvel as well. So mm-hmm. if anything, I think they should, I don't want them to just rip off Marvel, but I think they should look at the things that Marvel has done right and, take some notes and yeah you know dc just keeps green lighting all of these projects and half of them don't get released it's it just feels like like we've like like we've just said in the past couple minutes that there's just nobody in charge it's just that it's almost like heads of different departments at warner brothers is just like sounds good sounds good sounds good Mm -hmm. and there's no overarching plan whereas i think at marvel studios kevin feige is like we're doing this movie and then we're doing this movie and like there's a plan Mm -hmm. so so i think like i don't know i wouldn't consider mirroring that like ripping marvel off i think i think they're smart enough to know if they you know get batman in there cracking jokes like tony stark that people are gonna see right through it um so i would assume that they'd be smart enough to get someone who understands how to make it sort of unique and take advantage of kind of a more serious um cinematic universe that i mean it's superheroes everything superhero sells so people people want it (laughs) yeah it says here that they are pit the discovery in general is pissed that warner brothers has uh basically just shat on characters like superman like giving him like he got a solo movie he got the debatable uh (laughs) tough sequel and then his appearance in justice league was just wasted um zach snyder's justice league provided a little bit better of treatment for him but still i mean Mm -hmm. warner brothers has just fumbled the ball with superman i mean they fumbled the ball for batman with a for a while until we got christian bale and christopher nolan as well now as matt reeves and robert pattinson Mm mm-hmm but they want. It says here that they want to take more characters and make more one-off movies, like Joker, movies that don't have to be anything, movies that can just kind of be a character study and and just kind of explore kind of DC's lesser-known characters and kind of bring them to a, a wider audience. Yeah, um, I have no, I have no problem with that. Yeah, no quarrel there. I I think we've always said, especially here on on Binge Boys, is DC could just go off and just make one-off movies like nothing it doesn't have to be a cinematic universe i see the appeal of doing that but right like joker was a slam dunk in Mm -hmm. in most boxes yeah because i mean what was it like the highest grossing r-rated movie like almost ever yeah i couldn't remember the the, i couldn't remember if i had the right qualifiers on it or not (laughs) i think it was like that and deadpool oh the highest grossing r-rated movies but either way i mean yeah Joaquin Phoenix won best actor for it. I mean, yep. you, you don't see that. I mean, that you it, whether it's debatable, you could call Joker a comic book movie or not. Mm-hmm. It still says something about the fact that a guy won best actor playing a character who usually goes toe to toe with Batman. I mean, that's right. Huge yeah. for the genre. Definitely. It's a non um, sort of technical award that they're often sort of shunted into for better or worse you know sure we've we've debated whether it mattered or not if uh no way home won an oscar or not (laughs) it's true so this is what's going on man that's 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 kind of what warner brothers discovery now i'm sure we probably won't 
see anything from this in quite some time. We still got some DC movies coming out this year with Black Adam and Aquaman 2. Unless, I, I forgot if those got pushed back this year. Oh, actually, you know what? They did get delayed recently, didn't I? I know Black Adam still comes out, but I don't know about Aquaman or or uh, or Wonder Woman here. But Well, I think it did because it was, you know, that trailer during the Super Bowl and before uh, uh, yeah. Batman that was like, we need heroes now. And then it was like the next week delayed it's like that's right i do remember that now you know when we need heroes yeah what do we need order in dc (laughs) um that's what we need so uh let us know what you think about this dc overhaul have we heard too much of this before of people saying that we need to restructure dc yada 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 here's hoping that this merger uh it sounds like these discovery peeps are are playing no games like day one they come in saying hey dc is has some great things Mm -hmm. uh and it's got some bad things, and we want to cut out as much bad as possible. So I'm, I think we're all here for it, Definitely. for better content. So, <laughs> switching gears on the complete opposite side of the spectrum here. Yep. We got a trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. And uh, this trailer, or this movie, had broken a record. I think it was this week or last week about uh, – the closest to the movie's release date without getting any footage, posters, or nothing. It was for uh, the, for an MCU or for an for MCU like, movie. Okay, so we're less than two and a half months away from this movie being released, and that we just got our first teaser. Yep, and uh, full synopsis here as well. Yeah, lay it on me. So the the film finds Thor, Chris Helmsworth, as you know, nobody knew on a journey, unlike anything he's ever faced a quest for inner peace, but his retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore, the God butcher played by Christian Bale, who seeks the extinction of the gods to combat the threat. Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie played by Tessa Thompson, Korg played by Taika Waititi and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster played by Natalie Portman, who to Thor's surprise inexplicably wields his magical hammer Mjolnir as the mighty Thor. Together, they embark upon a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance and stop him before it's too late. So, pretty standard stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I'll tell you what, man. This teaser was electric. Um, At least in my eyes. Uh... I loved the music. I think it just gives off it, it just gives off the Taika Waititi vibe we got from Thor Ragnarok for much, yeah, pretty much. With, with the, the sprinkle of the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy that are sprinkled into the trailer a little bit as well. Yeah. So, what are you thinking coming out of watching this? Are you where was your hype for Thor four? I mean, are, you're you're like all of us. We're we're all yeah. going to see it anyway. Mm-hmm. But where did this kind of put you? So I this is like very rare in that I have read the comic where the mysterious female Thor appears like out of nowhere. That is like one of the few comic book storylines I was familiar with. So when I knew that that was kind of in play for this one, I was really excited about it just because I think um, how it how it happened like in the comic leaves a lot of like interesting parts, especially to explain what a natalie portman's been doing since uh thor 2 everyone's favorite um but yeah i really liked the the arc of thor um as a character and then also the movies i mean ragnarok i think is pretty sure is in my infinity stone tier so makes sense for me to yeah, yeah makes sense to uh to be pretty pumped for this and i feel like it's at least trying to do a little bit you know, continuing Thor to grow up a little bit. I feel like that's been his arc for all kind, all of the movies. Um, just sort of starts as a man child and <laughs> goes uh, a little bit more mature each time. And so I'm interested to see uh, how they continue that. What about anything uh, I didn't say in that big long ramble there? Um, no, actually, you you hit it pretty well. <laughs> I mean, Thor's had such an interesting arc over the past. 10 years in in these movies that um i just love seeing chris hemsworth have fun i mean you can tell that these taika movies uh 
everybody's having a blast. The Guardians, it looks like a ton of fun. I haven't laughed so hard in a teaser. I don't think of that scene where where Star-Lord says, you need to look into the eyes of those you care about. And like Thor is just like creep following trying to catch his eye. Yeah, Star-Lord's yeah. trying to like move also. But Thor fought like such mm-hmm. good chemistry. And we got a little hint of that. What was it at the end of Endgame when they're fighting over who's going to be captain of the ship or whatever? Yep. Um, so that kind of gave us a little taste of the chemistry between the uh, Hemsworth and Pratt. Um so I'm excited, man. No footage of, of Christian Bale's gore in this trailer. Um, I hear Gore the God Butcher is a pretty big deal. Hmm. Um, so big, of, so much bigger of a deal that it's a, it's a chance that Gore maybe gets defeated at the end of Thor 4, but sticks around for a while. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, also being played by Christian Bale. I mean, they, they could have easily signed a, a contract with, with Bale for a few movies. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I hear Gore the God Butcher is a pretty big deal because somebody pointed out in my group chat when I sent this trailer over, I sent it over to the guys on tap group oh, chat and shit. Jordan said, I'm hyped for this, but at the same time, who's taking on Thor at this point? And I said, that's a good thought. Apparently Very Gore the God question. Butcher has some beef. <laughs> um, we also see a quick footage or a quick shot of uh, Zeus that's yeah. being played by Russell Crowe. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, I, I'm here for all of this, man. I have a theory here. Okay. And I want you to uh, conf- not confirm nor deny because I'm sure they're taking a lot of inspiration from that comic line that you read. Mm-hmm. But I saw a tweet the other day from, I think it was one of Disney's marketing executives. And I think it was because people were just tweeting like, Where's the trailer for Thor? I mean, we're two months away. Where's the trailer? And he responded and said, coming soon, uh, the events of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness directly affect Thor 4. I was one. That's a thought I just had when we were talking about it here, how the multiverse is going to play into it. So that makes me think Doctor Strange might collapse the multiverse in some way. I've got an idea. Okay. And. Oh, yeah. That's where we started. I interrupted you. My bad. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> fine. No. That just adds to it almost. So. And one of the two, I assume we're getting two. One of the two end credit scenes of Doctor Strange is going to be the multiverse doing something and into the universe, the Marvel universe that we know where the main timeline is taking place. Um, a portal is going to open and Jane Foster is going to step through it. And in her universe, oh, she is Thor already. So I have a feeling that this, and I could be very wrong, but I don't think this is the same Jane Foster that we saw in Thor two. Okay. I'm willing to think that she is going to come out of a portal at the end of Dr. Strange two. And she's going to be the Thor because I keep hearing also rumors about how this is Hemsworth's last movie and they're replacing him with the female Thor. Gotcha. So I could see some kind of switcheroo happening and Natalie Portman's character is now the Thor going forward, which I'm game for because that shot of her at the end of the trailer is badass. Yeah, definitely. So wh- wh- where are you thinking on that? that? I like that theory. I think that makes a lot of sense, but I think they would... It, it would be a heavy tease that you would have to know. Like you'd probably just see like the silhouette at most or sure. something. You might see Milnor like fly through or Some, something. Yep. Um, I also wonder if that's where Zeus comes from another mo- cause he's a different God pantheons, you know, God of thunder. That's true. So I don't know if that's, I mean, it looked like he was on another planet, which that's believable. It's, you know, Asgard's another planet in in this uh, version of the MCU. So, it's you know, you can think Mount Olympus is its own. Oh, boy. I, I hadn't even considered the fact that Zeus is the god of, of, like, thunder and lightning from another. So what if, almost taking my theory, what if, yeah, what if he, like you said, what if he just implodes the multiverse and all of our characters are getting shifted and sent to different dimensions and, and shit? So... Mm-hmm. 
that could be why we're going up, maybe not going up against, but at least seeing the fact that a, a Zeus exists. Right. Because we haven't heard z- mention of Zeus up until this point, I don't think. Not that I can think of. Not like in a, you know, I don't know. No one's even like, oh, I guess that's in uh, Anchorman. When he says, by Merlin's beard. <laughs> by Merlin's Dude. I had this moment at work today where I said something louder than I think yep. I meant to say it, and I immediately followed it up with, did I say that loud? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's got to be one of my favorite quotes from that movie. Like, yep. Veronica Corningstone and I are in love. <laughs> did I say that loud? Yes, you screamed yes. it, Ron. <laughs> so um, just a little but, Anchorman talk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big big shots to anchor man. Um so yeah man, I'm I'm all in on this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and just again, two short two and a half months away. I mean, yep. This is crazy. Sorry, but I think some a fact that I realize all but like confirms your theory. Mjolnir is destroyed. So it's as gone. <laughs> as I was talking about that just now, um I remembered in the trailer, it, it's kind of quick, so you have to really kind of slow it down or pause it at the right moment. When she catches Mjolnir, or however you say it, I've Mjolnir. just been powering through it. Don't, okay. don't think about it too much. You've said it so confidently that I have just <laughs> been like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. No. But it's kind of like glowing, and it looks like it's been almost pieced back together. Sure. So I'm wondering if it like has a different look. If my theory is right, like in a, mm-hmm. another universe, it I don't know. So yeah. you're you're hundred percent right. Wait a minute. But is it destroyed? Because thought, um what's her name Ka- did it? Yeah, but then didn't Cap have Mjolnir at the end of Endgame? Totally did. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to think. I thought you were going somewhere where when Cap took the stones back, that was the last time we saw it, right? Yeah. Because, but but then, in order for, okay, <laughs> getting kind of into the time travel. Yeah, yeah. Because if he put the stones back, do you think he put Mjolnir back? And then kind of, you know, put that piece back in the timeline and then say that we traveled forward in time and then Hela breaks the, the hammer again, so. So uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to put the hammer back in time. Right, because they didn't take the hand like the hammer is you know just like them and kind of like as old as as they are, so I don't think you'd have to give it back. But I don't explicitly remember seeing it from the end of Endgame. But also there was ten thousand other thoughts going through my mind right. at that time, so I could very well have missed it. Right. All good things. All, yeah. all good theories here. I'm I'm excited. I mean, this is gonna be uh, yeah. I assume we're going to get a full-length trailer after Doctor Strange ends. Mm. Uh, maybe not in the movie, but maybe a couple weeks later, just right. to kind of like a full official trailer rather than a teaser that'll also show probably either more of Zeus or more of uh, Gore the God Butcher. You mean any, piece, any minor crumb of Gore the God Butcher? Yeah. It'd be sick if they just didn't show him at all and just left that reveal like Christian Bale, like the motion capture and shit. That'd be tight. Up to, up to the movie, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Very oh, good. Don't forget, Matt Damon's also cameoing. Yes, I did hear that. Come on, Matt Damon. What are you doing in these movies? <laughs> Play a real role, damn it. Nah. I, can't, I can't see Matt Damon uh, at this point in his career playing a superhero. Not If he hasn't by this point, like... He's over the hump. Over the hump. I see him playing, like... Because who played like sort of the OG Ant Man, like the Pym? Yeah, um, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. I see him being, it's like he's not playing a superhero, but he's playing someone who was a superhero. Like, sure. That's, that's where he's at in his life. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, keeping it on the Marvel train, we've got episode three of Moon Knight. Yep. And, uh, I'll let you lead with this just because you weren't uh, here last week to talk about kind of how the show has progressed for you since episode one. So mm-hmm. after watching episode three, where are you at with Moon Knight? I'm still way in, man. This show's so tight. Um, just 
love all the characters, love the story, love how it's kind of unfolding and we're getting both Steven and Mark kind of playing against each other. Um, I think it was in episode, I watched episode two and three back to back. So if I get something wrong between them, uh, I love Steven's uh, take on the suit. I think that was a, a very good comedic moment. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm kind of like, it's kind of, it's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about because yeah. it's kind of, I mean, WandaVision and Loki both were very weird shows, but like, this is a very weird show with characters that we haven't spent, you know, three plus movies with. I remember before the show came out, we were hearing talk about how the show was very much so kind of like the mummy mixed with like Indiana Jones. And and I definitely got that feel the third episode. Yeah. Yeah. The more they sort of show, um, them in in like cairo like in the city definitely get that vibe a lot as well as kind of the um that trial scene i liked that a lot i thought that was unique yeah i i'm really kind of i really i think the standout here man aside from like the special effects and of course the moon knight action is awesome but the acting of Oscar Isaac, man, is just top tier. Yeah, playing two roles, essentially. Really difficult stuff and making it believable that, you know, he's not changing costume. He's not doing anything except his acting to let you know who's in charge. Yeah. I think that um, his playing, there was a moment in episode three where I realized, like, okay, Mark is the one that has the fully hooded big cape. Yep. And Steven is the one that has the Mr. Knight, the tuxedo. The suit, yes. Um, and it kind of made me think, like, Steven is very intelligent, whereas Mark is more of a brute. So it's almost like Steven is the, the brain. Know, the bronze and Or Steven's the brains right, yeah. and Mark's the brawn. Like, I like that combination that, I wonder if there's going to be a moment at the end of the show, almost like a Professor Hulk moment where sure. the two blend and they kind of talk to each other in a way that where he has like full control over himself. I think that'd be sick. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were kind of thinking, you know, full spoilers ahead with um, Kanchu kind of getting turned to stone. Will they still get the power of like the suit and stuff going forward? I think so. So, okay, well, that sort of dashes what what I wanted to see, which is them basically having to work together, you know, Egyptology brain of Steven mixed with the, you know, fighting ability and body of Mark, like having to get the to be able to get the suit back. I thought that would be a good. um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I mean, with him being in stone, Khonshu is kind of like the. I don't want to say the like the force behind the suit, but I mean, he kind of is in a way. I mean, he's the right. one. He's the what do they they use this term for it? Like he's the sponsor or he's the like the I know he's his um Moon Knight is the avatar of Khonshu. Avatar. I, that's yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. So I, I kind of like a few pieces in episode three that kind of almost give us like I know Khonshu isn't necessarily a villain but the way that ethan hawk's character arthur talks about him it mm. almost makes me want to think like yeah i know conchu's on our side but i kind of want to see what arthur is talking about like his argument is really compelling mm-hmm. at times Which, i just love ethan hawk as well like he's he's killing it too for sure i mean i guess we'll have to know we'll have to watch the full show before uh answering the classic run-through question but at this point the villain may or may not have a point yeah man i also really like that the villain at this point is kind of a psychological thing whereas Mm -hmm. like i mean unless we unless in the finale we see something bonkers uh at this point the villain is just him challenging steven slash mark into thinking like hey Khonshu's the bad guy here like right well he is using you and messing with you and i guess it only sort of teased that potentially his power was only psychological as well of releasing that jackal it's just invisible to 
everyone except Steven and Mark. Yeah, I it was into it's in little moments like that where I'm like, okay, so he's not just a guy. He's got some kind of something tied up either in that cane or he's mm-hmm. got some mystical backstory of some kind like yeah i'm just interested as all get out man like i'm just in Mm -hmm. for shows like this or or seasons like this i am just always super excited for the flashback episode that sort of sets the stage and explains where everything is and if we're only getting six episodes i'm hoping that that's uh this week's that episode four is kind of explaining it so that it doesn't you know it still allows the the climax to sort of be built and given enough time to breathe and not feel too rushed so really hoping for that yeah that uh that's a really good point uh there's there's always one episode that i mean we got it with wandavision uh, the episode that goes way back and explains mm-hmm. how Agatha became Agatha Harkness. Like, I want to see... So, I didn't have this. I wanted to bounce off this off of one of you guys last week. But So, with Khonshu saying that those other people were once the Avatar for the Moon Knight or whatever, does that mean that they were once in costume as well? The other people, like, in the tomb? Yeah, so did, I think they were the avatars. People? I think they were the avatars of different gods. Oh, you know what? You're probably right because they're all mm-hmm. there to represent, like almost like a council. Yep. Yeah, that's how, that's how I took it. Okay, so then with Arthur himself saying that I was once Conchu's avatar, does that mean he was once Moon Knight? He had the yeah. He had you would. I mean, it would make sense that he would have the powers. Yeah. That's really cool. We haven't seen anything like this so far. This is it's just yeah. super dope. Also, worth noting, yep. yet another pantheon of gods. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just super excited to see where it goes, man. I mean, for the other shows, I think WandaVision was like this too. After a few episodes, I'd be like, I genuinely don't know what's gonna happen. Like, right. I have and I guess it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about like, this is character. This is a group of characters we've never met before. I mean, Moon Knight's a very niche character I've learned mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks, like watching TikToks about it. Like Moon Knight is kind of a more recent character too. Yeah. Just in the past 20 years or so. So I'm just, I am just all in and seeing where we go from here. We've only got three episodes left already. Wow. Flying by, unfortunately. I know. I, I want... I don't know. I think I saw some thing before the show even started about how they planned always for Moon Knight just to be like a limited series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if there's not as much um, source material for it, you don't want to overextend and say we're going to do a whole Moon Knight franchise when there's really just not the support for it. Right. So I think that's where I'll uh, leave us on uh, on Moon Knight episode three. What you guys think about it? Let us know. some great theorizing today already in this in this binge boys episode um so let's take it back to outer space not to be with thor and the guardians of the galaxy but to be with elon musk Gosh. <laughs> uh so elon is i mean it's not a, a normal week if elon musk isn't in the news in some capacity sure so it felt right for us to watch this documentary that came out over the last week uh, called Return to Space. And I'll let you know a little bit about Return to Space here. Um, Return to Space is a documentary film that was released on Netflix of this year. It, re- re- it was released April 7th. Um, Return to Space is an American documentary film made for Netflix Its story follows Elon Musk and SpaceX's engineers' two-decade mission to send NASA astronauts back to the International Space Station and revolutionize space travel. It was directed by Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai. I'm going to butcher this by all get out. uh, Vassar Healy. (laughs) That, that, That definitely isn't right, but... So far on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got us 85%. IMDb, it's been given a 7.4 out of 10. I think I tend to agree more with the 7.4 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I uh, I came down on a C. Yeah, I, 
I, I think I'm coming up on a C plus or maybe even just a C also mm-hmm. because, you know, when you, you sent your score initially and I was like, ooh, okay, thought it would be a little better than that. So, so let's see. Mm-hmm. So I think we can agree here that the first part of the documentary, very interesting. The last part of the documentary, very interesting. But the middle 45 minutes. My issue is that I just feel like it kind of lost the plot. It just turned into generic. Like it felt like something I could have seen at any point in my academic career. Like this is just astronauts doing astronaut things, which is always interesting. But I didn't really see how it served the narrative they were trying to tell. And maybe I was expecting this to be more of an Elon Musk centered thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. You get plenty of Elon Mm -hmm. and plenty of moments where I looked to Catherine and said, if we figured out or found out that this dude was a robot or an alien, I would not be surprised. Just the way he talks. I was just like, Mm -hmm. no human acts like that. But either way, that beside the point, um, it, it just kind of. It, it just it was really just an, a documentary about SpaceX and and kind of how it got founded. So naturally, we get Elon Musk, but at the same time, there's just a middle 45 chunk where they get to space and then they do space things. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. Congratulations. This is big for the country, for the for the science, for everything. Mm-hmm. But let's get back to to the SpaceX thing. Like, like I. I they honestly could have just taken out that middle 45-minute chunk and had a crisp, like, hour and 15-minute documentary, and I would have been great with it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what my sort of feeling about that whole middle chunk was? What's up? I feel like it would have been a much stronger documentary if instead of it sort of being marketed and you know, promoted on Netflix as the Elon documentary. If it was just the story of those two astronauts, that would have been perfect. I would have liked it a lot more. Elon could have been interviewed. He could have been shown. It could have, you know, gotten into some SpaceX talk. That would have been fine. Um, But yeah, I just feel like it it just kind (laughs) of had a weird focus to it. Yeah, I mean... Both my version and your version both sound like better documentaries than the one we got. I mean, Mm -hmm. not to say that this thing was trash because I definitely learned a lot about space travel and about Elon and SpaceX in general. Um, However, it just like I think you said it perfectly when we first started talking about it. I feel like they just got lost in the plot and they wanted to tell like four different stories but instead they had um you know not as much time with it so they uh they they just went with the with the the, the all the above and we got the origin of SpaceX the origin of Elon they go to the moon and then they want to go back to the moon so we kind of just got this convoluted uh just chunk of uh of documentary uh, called Return to Space. Now, um, let's see what some of the reviews are saying about this thing. A lot of people say it's very good. Now, uh, audience score comes in right around an 83%, uh, whereas critic score come in around 86%. And, you know, it, it, it it's really not bad. It just could have been more and and we said it already it's it's a freaking two-hour documentary so it's gonna feel a lot longer than it is i'm trying to see here what the most negative review i can find so this Mm -hmm. this guy on on rotten tomatoes gives it a c minus and says return to space makes clear to someone that has to do the work technology doesn't invent itself but this aimless documentary made all the more exasperating by the elemental appeal of its subject matter, and it doesn't do enough of its own work in return. Yeah. Which is very well put. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I would be more interested in looking to see how close the production company or the documentarian is to Elon personally. Sure. He's a... 
don't know, calling someone a controversial figure doesn't really mean anything these days, but he is. And this had an overwhelmingly positive view of someone sure. who is a person and a person very much in the public eye. So we know very much about them, you know, positive and negative. And right. I feel like we didn't get both sides of them. Not saying we need to, but no, you're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think the marketing didn't do this any service because I thought we were about to dive into a documentary about Elon Musk. And it was to an extent of the two hours, Elon was probably on screen for about 20 minutes. Total, so, yeah. So you really didn't get a ton of it, but you know, it's just average. I mean, if you want a documentary about Elon, this isn't it, but if you want to see some stuff that Elon's involved in and kind of the, the really cool stuff that SpaceX kind of brought back to life after NASA shut it down a few years mm -hmm. ago. Like, this is for you. I mean, if you like space travel, this is for you. Yeah, like, it's definitely for some people. And, you know, it definitely gave me uh, – they talked some Challenger that gave me vibes of uh, that yeah. one that we watched. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. It just reminded me of a better documentary. <laughs> uh, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want to check it out, Space uh, – or I'm sorry, Return to Space is on Netflix. Uh, so you can go stream it if you'd like. And now, mind? Um, <laughs> this is uh, – uh, now we're going to get into uh, Fantastic Beasts 3. Now. Ooh. So let me tell you a little bit about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Sorry uh, if you don't know much about it already. So movie clocks in about two hours and 23 minutes. Sheesh. Yep. Um, <laughs> directed by David Yates, who is also responsible for other movies such as. At least the um, last two Harry Potters, if not more. Yep, uh, he did the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. He did Harry Potter 5, 6, 7, uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald. He did The Deathly Hollows. This dude did a ton of these movies as well as the very well-received The Legend of Tarzan, uh, which wasn't very well-received. <laughs> um, so for the most part, this dude's been responsible for Harry Potter movies. Yeah, so he did... Five, he did Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, Deathly Hollows 1 and 2. Uh, so that's that's neat. And then he did all of the Fantastic Beasts movies thus far. So with that said, uh, this movie also stars uh, Mads Mikkelsen as the recasted Grindelwald. Uh, we get Eddie Redmayne, of course, back as Newt Scamander, Jude Law playing uh, Dumbledore, uh, Ezra Miller, uh, <laughs> uh, a few boy. my my best friend, <laughs> best favorite actor ever. Um, so right now, IMDb this movie sitting around a six point six. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes wise, this movie critics wise is sitting at a forty nine percent rotten, Ooh. and the fans give it an eighty five percent. So very divided here. Um. I didn't like the movie at all. Oh, at, at all. Well, at all. <laughs> well, not at all. I'm giving it a C minus. <laughs> okay. Um, I enjoyed the space documentary more than fantastic beast three. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you what, this movie is great in two aspects. Number one, Jude really? law is an awesome mm -hmm. Dumbledore. Um, an awesome young Dumbledore. And number young two, Dumbledore. Mads Mikkelsen is an awesome Grindelwald. Okay. And this is coming from a guy who has not read the books. The okay. only Grindelwald experience I have is that of Johnny Depp, um, who I thought did a fine job playing him in the previous installment. Um, sure. So at this point, um, I prefer Mads Mikkelsen. I do. He's okay. He feels more threatening than Johnny Depp's character, whereas Johnny Depp's character, you know, had the white hair and the makeup and the, and the whole, you know, Johnny Deppism to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mads is just, he's just a maniac. And, and sure. you just like felt it. Um, but you also felt a lot of pain in his portrayal as Grindelwald. 
Because a lot of this movie, um, do you care if I talk at all about some specifics? Well, is it the fact that Dumbledore and Grindelwald were together at one point? Yes. Okay. You you get no. a lot of that. I won't okay. go deep in the specifics because I know you do plan on seeing this one. Sure. Um, so I'll say that the movie, the movie feels very long. Yeah. There's not a lot of action, which is fine because I know these aren't quote unquote action movies, mm-hmm. but there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, we have an hour and a half left. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was the problem. I mean, people are probably going to defend this by saying that this is a a filler movie of the trilogy, or I'm sorry, of the the five movies. I think they plan to do. They're doing five. Yeah, these are all outside the. There's no books for this. They're just they're just in there yeah. cooking. Come on. Yeah, there's there's five movies apparently. So there's two more planned. So people are probably going to say that this is the filler movie. Um, although it has. A lot of audience scores saying that it's the best of the three. And, uh, and I should have prefaced this by saying, and, and people know this already, I like the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. I don't love them. I do think they're great pieces of of cinema. And I sometimes rewatch a couple of my favorites here and there. Mm-hmm. Just rewatched, um, what is it? My favorite one. Goblet of Fire. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, as well. Watched that the other day just because I was kind of in that mood of mm-hmm. I just seen a uh, fantastic beast and i was like i want i want to turn on a piece of wizarding world that i do enjoy um <laughs> and that is goblet of fire my favorite one and god the harry potter movies are just so much more fun than these fantastic mm-hmm. beast movies i think so sci-fi has been showing pretty much all of the harry potters just whatever so that's just been when we turn the tv on it's just like what what part of what harry potter is it on so we've been doing them and the first fantastic beast was on the other day and that's even a fun movie too it, i feel like they did a lot to sort of translate the the feel away from you know the the british boarding school setting to kind of you know Eh, 1920s New York City, see? <laughs> eh. Eh. So, Dude, yeah, I thought, yeah. I, I thought they did a so, good job with that. Go yeah, they, they they 100% do. Quick side note, yesterday, uh, me and my uh, me and Catherine went over to my parents, and Tanner and his parents were there as well. And uh, my dad at one point was like, this is weird, but do you want to smoke a cigar? And I was like, yeah, and I'd never eh. smoked a cigar before. Really? And me and Tanner, no no less than 20 minutes were just the, the whole time i mean you know how much tanner loves those gangster and mob yep. movies and stuff so we were just quoting mob movies left and right it was stupid but it was funny but oh uh, uh, can i give you some free cigar game with something that i always do when i uh puff on the occasional stogie yeah i'll uh i'll just be like having it and i'll just be about to like take a puff and tell the people around me Somebody tell me a startling statistic, and then someone like says something, and you go, "What?" So <laughs> it's, it's a great visual gag for this podcast. On the other, <laughs> on the other hand of it, I want to be the guy that's got the stogie and goes, "You know, sixty-seven percent of men lose their hair by age thirty." <laughs> she <laughs> just bring but... it into a hymns read. <laughs> <laughs> so. um yeah, that was my first cigar too and my mom kept saying stuff like you're gonna throw up you're gonna throw up and i was like why do you keep saying that apparently people inhale yeah, a lot and I then do. they get sick um I'm, luckily I'm i did not do that it. i just had the uh, smell of cigar follow me around the rest of the day yep and then you that brush happen. your teeth like four times and it's still there it's wonderful yep, yep. <laughs> we went to bed last night and Catherine was like it smells like your grandfather <laughs> <laughs> and uh and that that's so accurate but anyway back to harry potter <laughs> Um, here, uh, in these, uh, in, on Rotten Tomatoes, I wanted to read, um, a couple of these reviews, like one of the, the worst review here says that, uh, we're supposed to be witnessing a epic battle between good and evil, but it's a contest between energy and no energy. Uh, I assume that means that this movie is boring. Yeah. Um, However, man, I, I don't think it was uh, like the third act was cool, but then it just kind of ends and you're like, huh, they could end it here. Mm-hmm. And it, 
and it would be a few things would feel uh, not followed through on, but for the most part, they can end it here. And I think I maybe know why they did that. I saw a story the other day that said that Warner Brothers is waiting to see how this one does money wise. And if it doesn't meet their standard that none of us know, uh, they're just going to call it quits on the franchise. Um, oh, oh, as a big Harry Potter guy, I say, oh no. No. <laughs> Should have just stuck with the original nine movies. They would have right? been great. Yeah. Was it nine movies or eight? Uh, eight, yeah. Okay. okay. I was going to let it go. Okay. I thought for some reason <laughs> that was it the seventh book that was split into two parts? Yeah. So it's okay. seven. I can see like I can see it in your head like seven plus two. Not, yeah. 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 Not seven plus one. Yeah. So. Yep. So I thought the movie was just, I mean, I didn't want to give it a D because I really did enjoy the whole, they do dive in a little bit on the backstory between Grindelwald and Dumbledore. And I really Mm. enjoyed that piece. Um, Newt is fine. I just don't see Newt as a lovable. I mean, he's cool. He's there, but he's not like, you know, and and they keep trying to tie in the fantastic beasts of all of it. So there's like a, like a stick figure praying mantis looking thing that hangs out in his pocket the whole movie. Yeah. And there's like a groundhog that follows them around at some point. And it's, they just but, keep trying to sell that and push that in your face. Whereas the first movie, like you said, is a lot of fun. And and it was like part of the plot. And even in the second, like there's some aspect of like the beast that they, and then they, that kind of like falls to the wayside. And it sounds like that trend is only continued. Whereas like by next point, if there is, doesn't sound like there will be any animals in there at all, which is very cool. Whatever. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I wasn't going into this movie expecting to be blown away, but I at least was like, you know, I like the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the movies. But after this one, I was like, you know what? Kind of hope they do can it. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, I want to keep seeing more stuff, but I think, I don't know, do something completely new. You don't necessarily need to tie it to Dumbledore and the rest of everything. I feel like that that they feel like they do, or maybe they only got this franchise off the ground because they said that they were going to get there at some point to bring everybody in, but there's just so much. You have a whole world that you can do anything with, and... This is what they decided to do. Right, yeah. So, I mean, that's where I stand. I'm kind of at a C-. minus. I'd be interested if you do catch the movie in Mm -hmm. the next couple weeks that you come back and kind of give me me your comebacks if you have any. Sure. Um, I did see it with Matt, other Matt, from Guys on Tap, that that is also a huge Wizarding World guy, and he liked it. His wife also wizarding world fan and she didn't like it so i think people are pretty divided on this one yeah yeah um can i do one more wizarding world question yes have you heard of hogwarts legacy the game that's coming out i have been closely monitoring hogwarts legacy i i am also aware of the situation and am monitoring closely yeah we are uh we're standby to make a comment it looks super sick do you see that like gameplay extended like gameplay trailer that came out? Yeah. Hell yeah, I did. Yeah. If they yeah. botch this, I'm I'm gonna be upset. They there's so much it's like every time they shat like superhero <laughs> games for the longest time, like sucked until like the Arkham games, and then Marvel mm-hmm. figured it out with Spider-Man. Um, but man, they've they've tried time and time again. And the best Harry Potter video game thus far is the Lego game. <laughs> Or did you ever play the Game Boy Color like RPG ones for the first two movies? No, but I did play. I don't know what it was called, but I have very faint memories of like the PS2, like Harry Potter and okay. something. And I have very, very vague memories of playing it and thought that was fun. But what about a uh, Quidditch World Cup? You ever get oh, some God. some rounds on the Quidditch pitch in? I, I can't say that I have. It's pretty fun. It's Is no. It? There's no strategy to it at all, but it's a fun time. Okay, okay. Always down for some quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's uh, so we're monitoring this uh, Harry Potter <laughs> Wizarding World uh, 
situation very closely. Will intervene if needed, but yep. um, but that's just kind of where we're at there. So that's where we're at on uh, Fantastic Beasts, and that's where we're at on Binge Boys 285. What a what a killer episode this was. This was just a thick boy. It was a thick boy, and there was a ton of speculation and theorizing, and this 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 is great. I mean, we're we're calling this episode "Gods, Wizards, and Billionaire Space Programs." <laughs> just an no all time title. Cigars did not make it into the title. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Stogies with Elon. <laughs> Stogies with Newt Scamander. Oh God. We don't need that. Dude, just the absolute dude's uh, ass would just be falling off left and right. Dude has no swag. He he doesn't have any swag. And it almost makes me wonder. There was a few moments where I looked at Catherine and I was like, is he supposed to be playing a socially awkward person? Because he's very awkward in these movies. That's been put out there before. I've I've seen some the- some people thinking that he's um uh, yeah, just that that's who he's like playing to. So I've, I've always wondered, like, why is this guy so awkward? I mean, is it because Harry was so likable by so many people that they're like, well, we can't have another Harry? Well, I, th- I think, again, it's kind of lost the plot because he used to be. He doesn't understand people, but he understands animals. And now yeah. it's just. Now it's just now a movie just... about people with a couple scenes of animals. <laughs> in it. Yep. So. If you guys like what you heard, let us know, share us on the socials, and uh, we'll come back to you next week, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me, Matt. Yeah, happy to be here. Bye-bye. See everyone.